Let's go to work. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. A terrific Thursday, a tenacious Thursday. And we're excited to be back to share some great content. Got a day chock full of good stuff and uh, excited to share with everybody. Welcome. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It was a wonderful St. Patty's Day, as I promised everybody. Uh, we started with the pints around uh, five o'clock. Four o'clock was a wishful thinking. Um, but I had, uh, it was a very fruitful day, back to back to back. And then uh, Jake and I went out last night um, and uh, we had the absolute pleasure of uh, running into lots of people and playing mayor and doing what Noodlebergs do. Um, big shout out to Ramon Barber, the motivation king. Um, he, as everybody knows in the huddle, he's making his way through. So uh, we wound up spending some time with him. And, you know, the takeaway is when you hang around with quality people, it rubs off, you know, he's, thousand percent. he's such a good human that um, it was pleasure. It was fun. Home early, worked out this morning. I'm ready to kick some ass. Let's go. Good morning to Jonathan Fishman, who was the first one in with a comment. And then good morning to John San, who's coming to us from the Honda Classic nice. this morning. So the fact that St. Patty's runs directly into the Honda Classic for four days is dangerous. That's five days of partying that I don't know a lot of people are prepared for it. I think that the uh, the uh, counselors will be busy this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the people are wondering whether they have a problem or not. <laughs> I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday coming up, man. So uh, really, really great stuff. The street was lit up. Um, people get funky on, on St. Patty's Day. Like whether you're Irish or not, they just get funky. People get funky on Clematis regardless. So like, that's not like, you can walk down Clematis on a Sunday and people are getting crazy. So uh, good morning to everybody. Good morning to Christy Turris. Excited to get started with you guys next week. Good morning to Les Gusky. Glad you're making your way through the get on the ball content. Let's wake everybody up with some music and let's get started because we got lots to go through. So God, I love that music every single day. I look forward to that, man, because we know good shit's coming after it. So we're all about learning and development here. We're all about taking the challenge to get yourself better daily. And we're all about starting people young and doing it. So staying true to what we do as Noodlebergs and with Get On The Ball, Kai Everett Noodleberg is officially our pool cleaner and is successfully fully cleaning our pool uh, just before his fifth birthday, which will happen on the 22nd. So the new upcoming get on the ball course will be how to train your five-year-old to clean your pool for you so that uh, he gets started on what he's doing. So, uh, you know what, was so what was so great about it was he didn't even want any help. Like the basket was getting heavy. He was really skimming leaves 
and the bathroom was getting heavy, and you could almost see the the pole bending. <laughs> he was going to flip right into the pool, and he was like, oh, "Can we help you cut?" Nope, nope, you know? nope. <laughs> got it. My you know, I got this, man. So it was uh, it was really cool to see him do that, and he was loving it, just enjoying. He it. loves it. He loves it. So for those of you out there that are looking to turn your five-year-olds into labor force for you, give me a give me a shout. Send me a message on LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a conversation with you how you can get your five-year-old cleaning your pool. It's a new program for sure. <laughs> uh, so shouting out some birthdays today. And we, we always love to celebrate the strong women of the world. Um, so we've got two very special birthdays, one of which is Vanessa Williams. Vanessa, who was, we talk about first all the time, was the first Black Miss America back in 1984. And then there is another really superb birthday for a woman, an entrepreneur who happens to be a woman, really successful artist, entertainer, Queen Latifah, Dana Elaine Owens. Um, it is her birthday today. And so to celebrate both of those strong women, I've got a song from her from 1989. Shay, play me ladies first. so multi-talented you know not only does she sing um and actually one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite renditions of california dreaming is by yep. queen Latifah. it's absolutely off the chart um, yep. but she's in a she's been in movies funny movies. She acts, she's an entrepreneur she's heavily right. into small businesses like yeah, she is a lady who has that. pushed it you saw her new tv show is the equalizer right yeah which, is which so i think is on cbs was, wasn't that like the takeoff of what was already done? Denzel's. Yeah, it was Denzel's movie. So uh, really cool. Hello, Nicole. Nicole good morning, just, Nicole. So awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, happy to celebrate strong women. Happy to celebrate Queen Latifah on her birthday and Vanessa Williams. And it is also National Sloppy Joe's Day. And you can't think about Sloppy Joe's without this scene. <laughs> I made them extra sloppy for you. <laughs> I know how you kids like them sloppy. <laughs> Lady, you're scaring us. <laughs> <laughs> so classic Billy Madison. If you don't know what movie that is, classic Adam Sandler. Um, so if you, you know, I'm all into sloppy joes. I don't know what your opinion is on sloppy joes, but I'm all about them. I'll eat them like in like two bites and they're gone. I love them. 
I, I have a fondness for food that is crumpled. Like, <laughs> like I like crumpled uh, turkey sausage in my eggs. You know, we, yesterday we made egg whites. So I like all of that, you know, uh, you know, speaking of yesterday, shepherd's pie, you know, yeah. you know, all that kind of, yeah. I love all that stuff. So shout out to Dave Stavali. I can't wait to stay as long as you can. <laughs> great scene. Absolutely great. Great movie. But so, the real, oh yeah, go ahead. So Dave Stavali uh, connected with my friend Marcy Scheinbaum. I think I may have actually made that connection. I'm not really sure, but um, I'm glad that you guys connected and the power of what's going on in this huddle. Ramon was sharing with us the people he's connected with, the power of the people. Don't forget, if you have not had a virtual coffee with people in here, these are the ones that are committed, will help your career. I'm looking forward to Michelle Morrison. She's been a, you know, with somebody here from the start and I missed it. So we're doing it next week. So fun stuff. I love it. So the real thing that's happening today is the actual start of March Madness. Play me the music, Shay. So for those of you that are not sports fans, today starts the NCAA basketball tournament, which is referred to as March Madness, where anything could happen. But how does that really affect the workforce? Some interesting statistics on what happens to people when March Madness starts. There you go. This is so great. So I walked in on Jake. I'm knocking the door yesterday. He doesn't answer. I walk in. And I see he's got his bracket open. I go, there we go. Busted. Oh, never good when the CEO walks in on you never doing your back bracket. Like, but so real statistics behind behind March Madness starting, an estimated 1.9 billion is lost in the workplace productivity during a typical March Madness tournament. Employees will spend 25 and a half minutes per workday on March Madness for a total of six hours spread over 15 workdays when games will be played. This includes time spent by 76% of employees who admit to checking scores during work hours, 53% who watch or follow sporting events on their computers while at work. So especially now at home, like I can imagine that everybody's gonna have their living room TV on with the games flipping back and forth to see what's happening because there's crazy stuff going on. I'm going to suggest that that number is going to go significantly down because work from home. <laughs> People were trying to hide it. You know, this is another example of if you see something happen and you embrace it and all of a sudden it's not illegal or I'm not doing it behind someone's back, it doesn't have the same look. You leave it on and it's fine. You know, those games are great to watch the last five minutes. You know, very few junkies are sitting there watching the whole game. So I think the work from home thing has taught people that there is a balance between, you know, sending their kids off or having lunch with their kids. And then, you know, so they can balance normal activities. That is not going back. I'm having conversations so, all the time. I go, that, just forget it, man. People understand the power of their lives again. 
There's statistics that back it up. As much as $3 billion will be bet on workplace bracket pools during March Madness. 40% of workers say they have participated in college basketball brackets in their offices with an average of $22.44 contributed. But this is the real stat that drives that home is nearly nine in 10 employees said participating in NCAA brackets at work helped them build team camaraderie. 73% said they look forward to going to work more when they are part of an office pool and doing something in a group setting like that. So it, it's a team building activity that if you can embrace it and make it part of the work and part of what you guys are doing, it's an unbelievable opportunity to build team and chemistry and culture. So this year is unique. Last year it didn't happen at all. That was a big economic suck out of the, you know, just crazy went away. This year they're doing it. They're doing it all in Indianapolis, which is kind of crazy. Yep. Um, but the, um, and you, you, we don't have the picture, but we can, you know, direct people to go find it. The hotel, the JW Marriott basically built a board on the outside, the frontage of the hotel for the bracket. bracket and people in Indianapolis are going to be able to follow it. Number one, number two is the way that they've orchestrated it with the players. Like they each have a floor and then no visitors. They can't go out, no running, you know, like all of coaches usually like to jog. None of that. They get called floor number seven. It, we're coming to get you and you'll go on to play. I think, it's fascinating the coordination that's happening there. Very cool the way it's happening. Yes, Shay. And I saw a video yesterday. They're wearing tracking devices as well. Oh, my oh God. to make sure that they stay in the middle. And it like, it like goes from green to red. So if you're like, only, only in the NCAA are you allowed to put tracking devices on people. So, anyway, as promised, as always on this show, we tie everything into sales content. So we are going to talk about what the March Madness bracket has to do with sales. But before we do that, can't talk about March Madness without talking about Cinderella. So show me the morning motivational music and let's go to work. Let's go. Yeah. You know, technically, I'm not even really supposed to be here right now. So okay. might as well make the most of it. So great Eminem song for those of you who don't know who that was. That was Eminem off of his recovery album. So a real comeback story for him where he had dealt with some issues with addiction and came back and really put an album out that was fantastic. But when we're talking about Cinderella, there will be undoubtedly a Cinderella story coming out of March Madness. And you can't talk about Cinderella story oh, without this scene. For this young Cinderella, He's come out of nowhere. He's got about 
350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five iron, I expect. Don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's going to... Looks like he's got about an eight iron. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. So the Cinderella boy. <laughs> I'll tell you, you talk about quality content, Adam Sandler and Bill Murray in the same, <laughs> same show. Stint, man. Queen Queen I mean, Latifah and Eminem packed oh, with solid man. people all over. I don't and care so, who you are. If this shit don't wake you up, go back to bed. See you. We, <laughs> so we've got a, we got plenty of time here to tie all of this into the sales content for the day, which I want to do now. So what we did was we put together a bracket of all the successful traits of salespeople that you would need to have. We matched them up by seed of what we thought was most important and least important. And then we decided who would move on to the next round to crown a champion. Shay, show me all of the sales traits with the champion for successful salespeople. Uh, so the first seed is, is self-confidence. The second seed is self-confidence. The last seed is self-confidence. And the champion of successful sales traits is definitely 100% self-confidence. So, so if you don't um, get the message, if you don't <laughs> believe in yourself, it ain't going to happen, man. That's where it starts. It starts with self-confidence and self-awareness across the board. Doesn't matter what business you're in. Doesn't matter what role in life you play. It starts with self the self. So I want to define what self-confidence is, in my opinion, because I think most people think about confidence as just knowing that they're going to be right, they're going to do it, it's going to happen. That's not really what self-confidence is. Self-confidence is knowing that I may not know the answer, but I'm going to do everything I can to figure it out. I may not be right initially, but I'm going to go back and correct and iterate and do the things I knew, need to do in order to be successful. That's self-confidence. It's not just an arrogance of thinking that you're right and correct and you know everything. It's the willingness to know that you're gonna do whatever it takes to be successful. So shout out to uh, Christy Ruiz, who I have the pleasure of working with from uh, City Furniture, very self-aware, said to me, hey, I got some things I'd like to dig in deeper. Could you do, could you set up something for me about confidence she just wants to which i love when when our coaching clients say can we like talk about this word or this topic i will share all of that stuff tomorrow um, because the what i came up with was so empowering and so real that you you know and i use athletes as an example but i'll i'll unpack that tomorrow in in the huddle so do not miss it because it's fun friday but so the, there are more than just one trait, obviously. It's not just self-confidence that makes salespeople successful. So I want to go in to some other things, some of which we've already talked about and some we haven't. But I think when we start talking about these things, it's really important to identify the difference between competencies and characteristics. Competencies are things that you're able to do because you were trained on them, because you've been involved in, in the industry for a long time and you have experience, whether that's be using a CRM 
or, you know, understanding how to break down data within, you know, an organization or how to do research on somebody. Those are all competencies. Those are not characteristics. You can train and upskill competencies. It's very hard to train and upskill characteristics. So when you're looking for things that make you successful, you got to look at these things and really truly identify them in yourself and say, which one of these do I have and which one, which ones do I don't? And I, you know, I love the word conscientiousness because conscientiousness to me involves responsibility, accountability, honesty, dependability. That's the kind of person that I want around me. That's not, that's not something I have to train or should train. That's something that somebody should have in their characteristics. Um, leave it to Jake to throw his own plug in there. Um, I, I had him covered because I watched him produce the content yesterday. And, you know, so Mark, my question to you is, is that a characteristic of Jake or, you know, what, what, where does it fall in this? Because, you know, here's a guy which I'm amazed to produce the content we do for the show, I think is a very, very finite skill set. There's sure. not a lot of people who can do it. So did he have the characteristics to do it or? Jake, I mean, well, so Jake has, Jake. Jake has both, and that's why I like working with Jake, is because he's got the characteristics of conscientiousness, of curiosity, of drive, of goal-oriented, of team player, of empathy, of humility, of grit, of optimism. Those are the things that, I'll, of ambition and passion, like those are the things that I think make him successful in our organization, but then he's watched us develop the show. He knows what the show looks like, sounds like. So he's also had a training and a vision of what happens. So he's able to take and level up off of his characteristics through his competencies, which makes him successful and will make him successful no matter where he were to go or what he were to do. So you, you bring up a great point as people are, you know, building their organizations. Like this list here is non-negotiable for me. If you don't have passion for sales... I'll know that in two seconds. You don't belong working with me because you're going to be an anchor and I'm going to constantly, constantly going to be pulling the unit down, making excuses for the fact that you don't, you know. So if you unpack any of those characteristics, they're non-negotiables to me. When you have those characteristics, you Shay, know. give me overtime. Give me overtime. And we'll go to overtime. Oh, appropriate. So when it's March Madness to go to over. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But the, you know, so you said it just now, the ambition and the passion for sales, that's a true affection. It's an affinity and an affection for what you do. You have to find passion in what you do. Like I, I we've talked about this before. If your purpose in life is not your passion, then you need to make your passion your purpose. You need to figure out a way to either do one or the other, because if you're not passionate about what you do, there's no way to be great at it. And in sales, whether it be the thrill of the sale, the belief in the company's mission, relationships with customers, you know, something else, you know, a part of the sales process, you gotta find something in there that you love. And so, so the other, yeah, go ahead. I just got to, you know, zing this in there because Jake and I were talking about this last night when we were walking to O'Shea's. I saw a video clip of Simon Sinek and he said it really irked him or it irks him when he hears groups of people together and someone goes, 
oh, you're so lucky you love your job. You're like, <laughs> well, why is that such an outlier? Shouldn't right. everybody love their job and do what they do? The problem is people get stuck. They're not willing to make the proper changes or adapt, you know, and then it's just they ruin it for everybody. So I, I thought that was I talked cool. about this with, with somebody that, that I was coaching yesterday who's building a playbook for a department. And I said, as you build this playbook, if you put anything in there that isn't tied directly to the overall why of that department, you're wasting your time. Because if people cannot make the clear distinction on why what they're doing matters to the overall goal of that department and that organization, you've completely lost the purpose in it and nobody will ever buy into it. There's no way to create passion for it. There's no way to create true love and affinity for it and you'll lose. So you, as, as a leader who's building out why we do what we do, you got to do it in every single part of it. Scott Graham is just great. Man. I love it, the office space. Laser sharp, man. <laughs> just, I'm Peter. <laughs> so just, you know, a few others, the curiosity, which we've talked about, being insatiably curious. If you're not curious, it's never going to allow you to ask the questions that you need to ask in order to really understand what people need as a solution. And it's never going to allow you to adapt with the new tools. Like that's the problem is everybody's still relying on this old archaic way of trying to go about selling when there's decades of technology that have improved the way to do things, but people aren't curious enough to try to make it work to figure out how to use them. I, you know, as I've always uh, classified myself as a student of the game, the game of life. So I'm constantly curious about what makes other people good. You know, one of the things I tee off with people, have you ever wondered what makes the best salespeople or the best, you know, what, what, if you're not wondering that, if you're, you know, it's going to be hard to push you out of the rock you're under. And I, so, so another one of those, you know, characteristics that this isn't something that you can train somebody on is being goal oriented, right? Understanding that, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get the goal accomplished. If that means that there's seven different decision makers, you're going to do what you need to do to build that personal relationship which each, with each of those seven decision makers to make sure that the job gets done. Or if that means you have to involve seven other people within your organization to get the job accomplished, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done to get the ball over the goal line, as I like talking in football talk. And that to me is not something that can be trained. If you're selfish, if you're only worried about what you do, you do not make a good salesperson, which I think is the counter, the counter thought to what most people think about in sales. Very, very counterintuitive. And, uh, and uh, once again, uh, just a great conversation for, uh, for everybody to start their day. It is getting late. We got to get out of here. Let's go. So have a fantastic Thursday. Kick off March Madness the right way. Get your brackets done and be self-confident. Yeah. You know, technically, I'm not even really supposed to be here right now. So, okay. Might as well make the most of it. Set fire to water, coming out the nozzle on the fire hose, fire and swatters. In the rattle, man.